back to the Run Strong podcast, episode 067. Rob Jones, hello. Hi. You've just stood up, last minute, last minute. You're now standing. Down. I feel like I need to be standing for this, so I'm now standing. I've put a desk on a desk. Brilliant. Mate, I firstly must say how good last week's interview was with you and Lucy. You liked it? Yeah, I listened the other day. Uh, I listened on my way to Cat Springs on the weekend, actually. Uh-huh. And uh, I just, mate, for a 24-year-old, she is pretty switched on. on. Yeah, really screwed on, yeah. Really, that's such an easy person to talk to. Mm. Like, you... I'm sure, you know, people talk about professional athletes as if, you know, they're, you, can, you can't access them, you can't speak to them, they're so cagey, they're not open, but she was completely completely honest lovely person mm. really easy to chat to i felt i could have gone on but i just didn't want to take any more of her time yeah yeah loads of things i wanted to more to ask her but she um she did say actually afterwards she would be happy to come on again oh so, wow she made a mistake yeah. there because we'll follow up on that <laughs> definitely <laughs> yeah i think uh, as well her i like the way she was really like open with how she runs her day she's like yeah like I have a morning session. I have an afternoon session. If I'm going for a, a, a race, then I, I limit my interaction time. If I'm not, I'm really happy to share and do articles and podcasts and everything. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. I've switched on. That's good. Good way of being. What else has been going on, mate? Nothing. <laughs> More race cancellations, as is every week now. Yes. True, it's all true. good, though. Oh, it's, it's, it's the norm. Um, no, that's uh, like our guys all had their races cancelled the weekend, but what they did, which I loved, was they just went out and they went outside. They Some of the guys went and ran the course anyway that they would have run just on their own. Some of them were out there for a very, very long time, but that didn't matter. They went and just got it done, and I love that. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I think it's the only way to do it, I reckon. Yeah. You've got all like, that fitness. Why would you waste it? Yeah, test it. And they could actually run exactly the same course. It's one of those courses where it's just, it's open and there is mm. enough, well, there was the 35K route, the first, if you like, water cooler that you could access was at the half marathon point. So you have to carry enough water for the first half marathon and then after that, you're fine. That's okay. That's okay. Fly on my mic there, that's weird. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it was good. I went out to the trails myself and just switched off just, I had a plan just to go and explore some new routes, but I just I, I ran on field, got 35K in, spoke to loads of people randomly that I met that happened to know me where I was, which was really bizarre. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to go out. I'm not going to see anyone. It's going to be fantastic. Um, I bumped into like four people I knew. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. And uh, mate, you must be feeling pretty fit at the moment with uh, you're doing a lot of training, not so many <laughs> events, but you're feeling good. <laughs> Yeah, I'm on my peak phase for nothing. <laughs> Literally, yeah. Yeah, no, I feel fun. No, it's good. It's, it's, I've been putting some good blocks in, lots of strength work, lots of rehab. I'm fit, I'm healthy, mm. feel quite fit. Um, but as well, I think it comes with having, like, I'm mentally, I'm not expecting any races to be on. And if they happen, fantastic. And if they don't, I'm fine with that. So it's, yeah. it feels very free. Yes, I understand what you mean. Taking yeah. care of expectations. Exactly. Actually, I was even speaking to Steph the other day. I was like, I might actually sign up for one of these 10K races if they're back on and just have a crack at my 10K PB to see what happens. Yeah. Without That's... training for it, you know, just to, I'm sure I could beat my last one. So 
you know, when they're back on, I might sign up for one of those. That was a good time. Who knows? It is, it's such, um, I wrote uh, an article on Saturday. I'm doing one every weekend. There's a bit of a a sort of reflection on my week. And I think we've said it before, but there is always opportunity in chaos. And, you know, I think all the races being cancelled at the moment, you can pretty much define as as chaos for some people. It's what they really train and work towards. And Instead of in, instead of sulking with it, go and find the opportunity. And one that's come around for me is that actually to make myself uh, fitter in the long term, which has got nothing to do with training. But um, I have a constant uh, like reoccurring sinus issue, which comes around like once or twice a year, um, and it, it knocks me out for for a week or two. And so actually, instead of being like, oh, I can't go see a doctor because they're going to tell me to rest and I, can't, I have to stop training and whatever. I, uh, I actually went and saw the doctor and, you know, told her all my symptoms and she said, okay, well, actually going to send you for an x-ray. And um, they found that I have a, a deviated septum, which needs surgery. It, it, you know, it will definitely take me out for a week or two. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you said, I just kind of just was like, okay, that's fine. This is a great time to fix it. it yeah, you know, no, no problem. Let's, let's schedule it in. And they're like, yeah, we can't. There's a month of no surgeries because of COVID. But that, you know, even then I was like, fine, I'll wait a month. Like, yeah. you know, we've got plenty of time. <laughs> Any time in 2021. So yeah, there's there's so much opportunity that you can you can go and get, you know, fixed. For some people, another one, mate, my toenails are getting fixed just because they're not getting so beaten up. And like that's brilliant like an ingrown toenail needs time to be able to be grown out and not be bruised and pushed back into the skin and now i have the time to let to let that happen because i've not got to worry about it getting worse you know or stopping training to let it grow out so it doesn't get worse yeah mate you actually put something on your instagram the other day that i loved absolutely loved and you said i'm not training i'm exercising exactly yeah describe that a little bit more that came well. I've I've long uh, long said that uh, to to some people is you know you've got to understand the difference because what like for example what made me think of it on um, on that day which would have been Saturday was I was out on my mountain bike um, with with a friend and I man, I just have such a different mentality right now is you know okay we get there we're on time we leave where are we going ah, let's just explore and so we just yeah. went out and explored and if i was training and i had a two-hour ride i would know exactly where i was going i would know my heart rate would be plugged up if my garmin wasn't working properly it would have pissed me off and literally mate it's just so much more relaxed and i was like why do i feel like this right now and i'm like the reason is because this isn't a training session to me it's just mm-hmm. simply i'm exercising because number one it's good for my health and number two, it's a nice way to be outside and just doing something with, with my weekend morning. And I think if you can understand the definitions there right now, understand what you are actually doing. Are you just exercising? Are you just turning up to coffee run to have a coffee with some people after going for a run? Because if so, that is perfect. No yes. problem at all. Or are you right now thinking, okay, no races on, but I'm going to still PB my 10K then understand that because when you turn up to that coffee run, you're there for the run, you're there to train hard and the next thing comes after. And what that means is if you're training and say you're expecting to train with someone else, say let's say you've planned, okay, Rob, I'll meet you at the coffee run. We're going to do a a tempo. We're going to do a tempo run. And you're like, yeah, cool. See you there. You get there and you don't show up. 
well, that's going to dampen my motivation maybe because I'm like, well, why didn't Rob show up? Blah, blah, blah. Why didn't want to run with me? However, if we're training, it's irrelevant. You've got a session to do. It doesn't matter whether it's whatever, the weather, it doesn't matter who's there. You, you've put it all in the back of your head. If you're exercising, you've turned up, ah, oh, you know, that's a shame. Rob hasn't turned up or whatever. That's fine. I'm, you know, I'm just here to, to have fun exercise. Anyway, I'll go and meet, maybe I'm, I'll meet someone else who's there and I'll run with them and just have a good time and chill out. And like, I've got a tempo run, but oh, you're doing an easier run. Okay, no worries. I'll just go and run with you and, and we'll have a chat. And so it's just a way more relaxed way of, of being with it. And I saw something the other day, you can get all the benefits or the, the health benefits of running mm-hmm. um, through just running like five to 10 minutes per day. Yeah. That's exercising. However, you can't get good at running a marathon by only running five to 10 minutes a day. So there's your training and exercising difference. There we go. Yeah. I love, whenever I saw that post, like, that's, that's fantastic. I just love that. People say, oh, I'm just going out for a run. I'm training. Yeah. Are you training or are you here just for a social natter? Yes, exactly. <laughs> what is the difference? And I can't tell you the last time I, I did exercise. Yeah, I couldn't really tell you the last time I just went out to, to train for the sake of training. Yeah. But now I am. And uh, it's, it's cool. I'll tell you what I'm liking, actually, from this. The last couple of weeks, I've gone to the coffee run and I've, I've not had a planned session. I didn't quite fancy doing the session that I'd planned for everybody else. But what I had done was turned up and know I'm going to run tempo. And mm. the last couple of weeks, I've just run with uh, Rob Foster and Steph. And we have absolutely smashed each other <laughs> and it's not been planned like this week for example we got 6k into the session and i said what up to steph what what are we actually doing have we got a session on here and she went yeah we're, we're doing it I'm like oh right i didn't know i was just i was running yeah <laughs> and then, uh, yeah. we spun around at the halfway point and i just thought you know what i'm gonna have a crack at my you know coming back at sub four minutes a k for 6.7 k just for fun why not mm. Didn't look at the watch, just went on feel and looked afterwards. And it was 3.57. I thought, brilliant. Yeah. Great time. <laughs> yeah. And like, as long as you're in that mindset, like what you can't do then is do something like that. And then at the weekend go, okay, I've got a 10K race. Oh, why am I, why am I F for it? Yes. Like, well, because you're running tempo at random. So you've got to know then, okay, I am exercising here. So if I wake up on Friday morning for my weekend run and I feel trashed, well, then it's not healthy to go for a run because... I'm really, really sore and hurting. Yeah. But if you're training, then you're like, no, I'm training here. You know, I can't do a, a stupid run on Thursday because I've got a long run on Friday. And there's your difference, which I think a lot of people maybe struggle to understand. Yeah, I knew Friday because my race was off, I was going to go to the trails and just have fun and enjoy it. If I wanted it to be easy, I could make it easy. If I wanted to make it harder, I could make it harder. And I just had that freedom. And it yeah. was very, very liberating in a, in a tempo run to be able to just... Liberating. I feel like you ran around in a loincloth or something. <laughs> in my lunar sandals. <laughs> so, mate, the other thing I've been thinking of lately, mainly because uh, um, I've stopped using as much data tools right now while I am exercising. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought, how much do we spend on run tech that we, maybe we don't need to? Okay. So I literally chucked this idea over to you yesterday, didn't I? You did. Um, so what we're going to do in this show is talk about some run tech and the expensive stuff and talk about the other side of it. So, you know, what could you possibly get away with not needing? Um, because I think, you know, you can make running 
well, you can make triathlon extremely expensive and you can make running pretty expensive. Um, so maybe some people think, oh, I need to have all this tech to get into running. But a matter of fact, you might not. You do not. You do not. And actually, we've, we've, we've kind of, <laughs> there's some stuff that I put that are just, it's so out there that I find even. It's so out there that I, I never even knew existed. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing it, actually. You know, I'm looking forward to coming up with the opposite side of them. What, what do you need? Should we start with a controversial one that you mentioned just before we started recording that actually yes. and I agreed on? That not yeah. many people, I think, would say that we would put this down. Go with, go for it. What did we say? You said a Garmin watch. A Garmin Phoenix a Garmin 6S. Phoenix 6S. Why specifically the 6S? It's what came up, mate, when I Googled it and then I oh, okay. you know, saw how much the price was. I didn't actually know how expensive they were, although I have a, a Garmin Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Um, and how I went through this, actually. It's 600 something dollars. Uh, I was very fortunate enough to be, I was given that and I was given the Sunto that I had, which are both extraordinary top of the range watches. But I actually thought, hang on a minute, this isn't like, do I need this? And I wasn't using half their functions. So I was like, what can I actually get away with in terms of a watch that I need without, you know, it needing to be mega, mega expensive. And, and I actually went out and bought a Forerunner 945, which was like, I would say like the top end of a Garmin sort of budget watch. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought I'll be interesting now to know what I'm missing nothing mate actually i prefer it. i remember ha- i remember having it and coming into you and saying check this out mate and like we were like how light is that yeah and we were saying how light it is i mean i don't even use all the functions on this watch it can read my pulse it can tell me hrv it's got a pulse oximity monitor i don't use any of it because i just want to save the the battery and also don't believe that it's it's accurate but um yeah mate, tell me how often do you use the full function you're you're ultra right so you're gonna be using yours probably a way more than I would be using mine, but how lot, how much do you use? In all honesty, I use it for recording. Whilst I'm running, I have, what I have on? I have pace, I have time. I occasionally have heart rate. I'll have distance, lap time, the basics. And then post, like post analysis, do I look at any of the functions that are specific to Sinto? No, no. I look at everything in Training Peaks, which is obviously a third party app. Yeah. So, um, I mean, in terms of the functionality of the watch, I do use the trail run setting and I use it for whenever it's, you know, when are the, the climbs. So I use the climbing, if you like, how fast are you climbing? So I know how to gauge my climbing effort. Um, if I'm going surfing, I'll use the surfing app, but I don't really use it just because it's a surfing app. And then windsurfing, <laughs> I'll use the windsurfing app, but I'm mountain biking the Viking app, but that's, that's it. I don't really use it in detail it's mainly for the battery life yes yeah it is the battery life right yeah yeah Uh, i was just having a quick look at some of the phoenix sixes things that it does so (laughs) it's got obviously all the apps you've got backcountry skiing it can distinguish between skiing and climbing automatically and it will show the difference between ascending and descending um, then it'll give you ski power metrics. It can give you mountain biking dynamics with um, 
using a specialized grit and flow measurements that rate your trail difficulty, how smoothly you descend and give you a score to beat? A few years ago, I went skiing and I used my Phoenix for skiing. And it was pretty cool to see. The main thing I wanted to know was what was my top speed after each day. Yeah. It recorded me going down one slope. I went straight down, actually recorded on a GoPro. And I think I was, did something like 120K an hour. Wow. And I was like, I don't know about how accurate that can be. Yeah. So I just, because how are you going to check it? I mean, what else would you use to record how fast you're, or how smooth you're going down a trail? Exactly. Nothing. So I don't know why that's, in, why that's useful though. <laughs> yeah. I guess maybe if you run the same trail over and over and over again, it'd be quite useful. True. Uh, is, is a good Surf point. ready. You can, you can link it up to uh, a Sapphire or with Phoenix Pro and Sapphire. It'll work with Surfline Sessions, which creates a video of every wave that you're riding when you're surfing. And then you can watch them later to see how you did. What else does it do? Animated workouts. <laughs> I love that. Surfing, like the most freestyle sport. You need a watch to tell you how you did. To watch your videos. Um, animated cardio strength yoga Pilates workouts. You can view and watch on the screen of your watch whilst you're doing it. Power manager. Look at your battery life and which sensors are impacting them so you can extend uh, your well, battery life on the fly. That is useful. A body battery energy monitor, advanced sleep monitoring, hydration tracking, um, pace pro technology. So when you're racing, it can keep you on pace with grade adjusted guidelines as you run a course. Recovery time, daily workout suggestions. There is 41,000 golf courses that you can upload um, and look at all the distances and track your golf shots. Yeah, this thing is insane. That is insane. And then at the end of the day, what do you really just need? Exactly. Casio. Skinny taught us that. <laughs> Casio, exactly. Right, I'll bring the next one to the party. Go on then. Carbon fiber woven socks. So excited about these. <laughs> How much are they? Where can I order them? And what colors do they have them in? Right. This, I knew this company did them. So I've gone to their website to have a look. Okay. Uh, they mix Merino, which is what they Merino. call shaped by millennia of evolution. Merino wool is sustainable, natural material with unparalleled properties. Mm -hmm. So Merino... People in, the UK, people in the UK love Merino wool because it keeps uh, your feet Merino. warm and dry in the winter. Uh, Allegedly, however, I've used Merino kit a few times and nah, I've been yep. cold, wet, unhappy. <laughs> anyway, false, they've, false they've taken this Merino and they've, they've embedded uh, carbon particles permanently within its fibers, allowing fabric to convert liquid into vapor up to 10 times faster than conventional alternatives. It's amazing. It's, mate, whoever wrote this is an absolute genius when it comes to just making up like words that catch your eye that don't mean anything. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, I mean, a, well, they've written a permanent feature of our ethically sourced Merino. Its benefits remain undiminished over the lifespan of the product. Wow. Yeah, I mean, that's what you'd expect from most products. Anyway, how much? 18 pounds for a pair of socks. That's actually not as bad as I thought. I thought about that. And then I was like, no, what do I do? Like, 
what are those Rocke socks that we wear a lot of and what do I normally pay? It's not 18 pounds. It's, it's probably more down towards like 11, 12 pounds. Yeah. And then I thought what you're actually using them. The, the reason I made this was because the dog got hold of one of my pairs of socks and chewed a hole in them. And I was like, that is quite expensive for something that can just be gone. Like you can't repair a sock. You can't take it back to them and say, I've got a hole in my sock. Can you repair please? And so, yeah, I just don't see the need for putting carbon in your socks. Not with all the carbon shoes, but it's cheaper than a pair of carbon shoes. So it might be, for some people, it might be worth the investment just to compare. There is zero performance benefit from carbon in your socks, I believe. So, mate, I think this is a, a, a let's go on the other side of the coin. We also don't want to be buying like 99p, you know, uh, TK Maxx socks, do we? No. So, I have. You know, You're I've the got, sock I've got, connoisseur. I've got three sock brands that I know work for all distances for my feet and I stick to them religiously. Yes, yes. Tell me, how do you find find those? Like, how do you justify just having three brands of socks? Just, I'm quite happy with it. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, I, I what do we look jokes. for? If I, try, if I try another pair, then they might not work. And then I'll be like, oh, damn, I've bought socks that don't work for running so yeah now that i'm happy with these socks i stick with them and i'm more than happy to pay however much they charge although they're they are very reasonable the socks that mm. i'm running okay yeah. what uh what was what's your um criteria like how did these socks make the criteria did you just buy and then at the end of runs be like oh i haven't got blisters so they're they're gonna stay originally i bought i bought my first pair of stance i always liked stance socks because i just used to run in them and then when i was in the alps and uh i was in a running trail running shop i saw stance trail so they have a trail section if you like you can't get them everywhere online and in certain shops but they do stance trail running socks so i thought well i like stance socks stance trail stands to reason they must be quite good incredible and never a blister i wore them um what did i wear them for utmbo man and hmm. That was, yeah, you'd imagine, like, you see people change their socks. I didn't need to. It was yeah. perfect. What else did I try? Versus was a South African company that I use. I just bought a pair of their socks purely for the fashion, um, oh. for the fancy. Uh, they have, like, pizza ones. They've got watermelon socks. They've got toucans. You know, they've got all the crazy colors. Everything I hate in a sock. Everything you hate in a sock that match with nothing that I own. Yes. So I bought a pair of those. <laughs> And they were, again, they were superb. So never a blister. So I just use those. And then I wear Rocky running ones because they sell them in the gym. And I don't like them as much. Wow. Controversial. I find they start to get a few heat spots for the longer I go. Mm. But for short runs, perfect. It's so individual, isn't it? Very individual. It's like shoes. Yeah. You know, what shoes work for you? Very different to what works for me. Yeah, it's definitely not what's most expensive is best. I think that's definitely what I've learned. Okay, sweet. Got one. Give us your next one. I've gone for headphones. Oh, yes. Headphones. And uh, one that I find in particular, if you want to splash the cash, is called the JH16 Pro Custom In Ear Monitor and Headphone. A monitor as well. It's the monitor and headphones. So uh, sweat, constant jostling, and a standard headphone shape can cause you to constantly fiddle with your buds while on a run. 
the J6, JH16 Pro Custom In-Here Monitor solves this problem by fashioning a unique mold specifically for your ear. There you go. Jesus Christ. Uh, you wouldn't want to put these through the wash by accident if you left them in your pocket. They come in at a hefty $1,149. Oh my God. Yeah. But generally, headphones in general, you know, all the, the boss sound beat things you see people running in. I just, I can't do it. I can't, I can't run in headphones really for a start. I've tried it once or twice if I'm listening to a podcast, but oh, it's so hard to do. I, I must agree. However, when it comes to headphones, you buy cheap, you buy twice. You, you do. You say this. You've had this with, on the bike, right? Quite a lot. I, I then embraced buy cheap, buy twice. And I would buy the Amazon Basic. I'd buy two pairs. <laughs> I thought, buy cheap, buy twice. You know what? I'm in. Like, it's still cheaper than buying one expensive once that yeah. you then is going to break eventually. So... I, for a year, bought cheap and bought twice, and they would last me around two to three months, and I would only use them inside on a turbo trainer, and eventually they'd stop working, and then sweat would get in, and so I'd bin it, put it in the bin, and I'd open a brand new pair, and they would last for the same amount, and I did it for a year, and then someone kindly, I think one day, saw me throwing a pair in the bin and, and said, you need to get the Bose sport ones and i looked and i was like oh they're you know pretty expensive blah, blah. and i looked at the reviews and then i think i put it on my instagram has anyone used them before um and then yeah got a pair of bose sport and i still i look looking at them right now i still have them they they do last i cannot remember exactly how much they were um but in terms of how much i use them for what the 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 expense of them it's a complete waste of money <laughs> I should still be buying cheap, buying twice. Because yeah, I don't use them enough. And I think you shouldn't always be running in headphones anyway. So yeah, I agree. That's a complete expensive luxury item. But, but lots of people do run in headphones and run in headphones all the time. And if you're one of those people, please stop listening to this podcast. <laughs> Are you listening to us right now while running? Oh, yeah, exactly. oh no, please do. Please rate and review the show. And uh... yeah, thank you. They're 628 dirhams. Six and, uh, oh, it's, it's not so bad. It's I don't know. Expensive. It's quite expensive. They're the wired ones. If you want wireless, you pay 700. Wow. Okay, what's next? What have you got? Um, well, I was about to say that's, that's cool until one comes out of your ear and drops down a drain. And then, yeah, then you're buying twice. The buds. Expensive. Yeah, you need to fix yeah. them. You know, like back in the day, people wear those glasses and have the, the string that goes on the back <laughs> of the head. You need those for your headphones for sailing yeah for sailing. yeah i think my next one mate which we've talked about many many times before but carbon shoes carbon shoes what do we think i don't how much are, are the most expensive carbon shoes it's got to be still be nikes right yeah well they're about 200 200 quid about a yeah dirhams, a bit more maybe yeah. Now I actually have, I own two pairs of carbon shoes. Me too, actually. One pair that I paid for. Actually, we paid for them at the same time. We did through the race. We had a race to see if we could get one of the 10 or 12 pairs that were in the UAE or being released and we got them. That was more, I bought those more to play the game with you, to be honest. Um, worn them once and they felt fast. 
And then I have another pair, which was kindly given to me by one of my clients, Matt, um, which are the, if you like, the, the in-between carbon. They're not quite race shoes, but they're more than, if you like, training shoes. I don't know what you call them. They are, they've got carbon fingers as opposed to their carbon plate. Um, again, they're Adidas. Mm. And they, they give you a little bit, but not a lot. I like them. They're one of my favorite shoes, actually, although I've not run in them for a long, long time. But I remember when I was running in them, they, they're a really nice balance. They're an in-betweener, you know, yeah, in nice in-between in shoe. You feel like you're getting a little bit, but you're not getting so much that you mm. don't have to work. Mm. Now, I think when someone asks me, do they need a carbon shoe? The first thing is to ask them back, what are you doing to be a better runner mm. in the first place? So if you've not peaked out at your mileage, your, your run volume, you know, in terms of what you can fit in with your week, um, are you periodizing your plan? Are you doing strength work? Mm -hmm. Are you sleeping right? Mm -hmm. Are you working on your run technique? Are you doing run drills? Are you down? Yeah, plyometrics. Are you at your optimal run weight? Okay, you're doing all that? Sweet, it's time for carbon. It's very much like um, what you hear people say when they're cycling. I know that, you know, lots of people will upgrade their bike and upgrade their bike to go faster and faster and faster. And then uh, you say to them, well, actually, you're about five kilos overweight. Why don't you address that first? And you'll definitely go faster without having to spend all that money on, you know, new fancy attachments for your bike. Exactly. So, yeah, it's actually quite a tough conversation to have with people sometimes. It's like, what, what are you expecting from this shoe? Hmm. Um, because yeah, I'm looking right now at the men's air zoom alpha fly next percent shoe and it is 1500 dirhams. Yeah. Actually something that really, really gets at me is you see people training in these shoes all the time, running up and down the beach track Yeah, all the time. Yeah. Um, and I said, you know, well, you'd stick them on for race day. That's what you want for a PB effort. Yes. That's what they're intended for. They're not intended for an everyday training shoe. I read, I was reading something from another run coach the other day, who's a, a run specialist, um, Shane Benzi. He wrote a book called, oh God, I've forgotten it. Right, running, re reborn running or something like that. Mm -hmm. Anyway, he said a shoe, a running shoe does not make you better at running. He said running shoes are basically put into categories of what's going to um, make you less worse at running. Less worse at running. Yeah, like what's not going to uh, debilitate your run form, Yeah, basically. So he's like, yeah, there's, you don't buy a carbon shoe to get better at running. You buy a carbon shoe to stop you being worse at running. Yeah. But a shoe is the last bit because he said, you, if you take away the shoe, the best runners can run barefoot because they've got the best run mechanics, you know, landing um, mechanics. They've got the best foot strength, lower leg strength. They've got the right body weight for running barefoot. They've got the, the mileage into the foot, the, um, the resilience, the tissue resilience. They said they, they're going to beat you without shoes on. So what makes you think you can put a shoe on and beat them? He said, no, if, if they put a shoe on as well, then they're going to beat you. So you've got to think of it more as how can I get as good as them without the shoe because they're that good without the shoe 
Do you feel the same then about uh, stability shoes like uh, the Asics Gel Cayano range, yes. for example? Yeah. That all these people with collapsed arches that are then buying shoes to yeah. support their arch instead yeah. of addressing the problem. Yeah. 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 So I think it's, you know, much maybe run shoes, buying run shoes is much like buying socks. You know, you go out there, try on different pairs, figure out what you like, what works for you. Um, and something that's going to enable you to enjoy your running. Don't go out there looking, thinking, okay, I'm going to spend 1500 quid on a pair of shoes and I'm going to get better. That's, that's just not the case. I actually remember, remember we, we did a podcast in the summer with the plyometric guy. What was his name? Uh, Matt Matthew. Watson. Matt yeah. Watson, yeah. And he was saying that he, he'd done some studies and looked at plyometrics and incorporating, I, I want to say he said 10 minutes of plyometrics a week or 15 minutes of plyometrics a week. And it was some crazy number on the return that you could get on your, off your 10K time. Yeah, it was four minutes. Four minutes off your 10K yeah. time. Yeah, 10% increase. So you can... Uh, if you run out of 10k in like 40 minutes with plyometrics, you can get down to like 36. That was it. Yeah. Yeah. It's free. <laughs> ex exactly, mate. It's free. Yeah. And it doesn't take, and plus with these uh, carbon shoes, which is probably the, one of the reasons you and I don't run often in them is you've got about what, three, 400 Ks and then they need replacing. That's about that. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that was that was probably expected <laughs> as trashing expensive run shoes. Right, what have you got next, mate? Is my go. Okay, I have the Hypoxico Deluxe Altitude Tent. Tent. My favorite. <laughs> it is four thousand dollars. Oh, is that it for altitude? That's it. Now it's not just this. It's there are now companies in Dubai and worldwide that are selling altitude training chambers. So you can go into an altitude chamber, do your run on a treadmill, then leave or do your CrossFit workout or do your HIIT workout, or do whatever workout you want in an altitude chamber and then go outside and they're selling the benefits of this. So it's not necessarily the altitude tent I'm getting out here. It's training in an altitude chamber and then leaving yeah. for the rest of your day. Now, I did quite a bit of study in this when I was in uni and I was really on the, on the bandwagon of if you want to get fit, you've got to go to altitude. Mm -hmm. But, but. Well, the reason it's popular is because pro athletes do it. Yeah. However, what people don't understand is these pro athletes are going to be racing altitude. So the fitness increase that you get at altitude is within the recovery. Because while working at altitude, you are working at a reduced lung capacity or oxygen uptake capacity because there's less partial pressure, which means you're getting less oxygen into the body. Mm -hmm. So the reason we get fitter is because you're, you, you train up there at a reduced oxygen consumption or it's harder to get as much oxygen as you would get at sea level into your body and use, then your body adjusts by creating more red blood cells so that you can carry more oxygen. Doesn't mean you're getting more oxygen, it means you can carry more oxygen of, of what you're getting in at that altitude. This takes two, three, four weeks. Yeah. 
So your first two weeks actually at altitude on the camps, they're doing very little because you can't actually work hard, you'll get sick. So that's one thing. So if you're going and paying, I, can't, I bet they're close to maybe four or 500 dirhams an hour to train in an altitude chamber. Exactly, yeah, that's what I was finding. Yeah, you're getting sod all for your hour. <laughs> Zero. Actually, you're getting you're getting less benefit than what you get if you're just training in a normal gym because you won't be able to do as much. Yeah, it's about as much use as taking your turbo trainer upstairs and doing a session there. And you'll feel worse. Actually, you will feel worse. Yeah, you won't and be then, able to push as hard, and you won't be getting so you'll be you won't be getting the training benefit, and you won't be getting as fit as if you just did it at home. Correct. So if you're going somewhere that, that is going to be at high altitude, and you're going to have to deal with that reduced pressure not less oxygen being forced into your lungs, then you need to know what that feels like. And you need to be going often. Like mm -hmm. if, if I was you every day for doing acute adapt adaptation, which would be one to two hours every day for 10 days. The other thing that they're now finding is it's better to live at high altitude. So you're working at a very low work rate all the time, but then do your exercise at a low altitude so that you can push hard. You can do your VO2 max sets because at altitude, your VO2 max is not your VO2 max at low altitude. You're working at a reduced rate. So if you're trying to do, say, threshold efforts, and you and say you know your run threshold number is four minutes per K, that's not your run threshold at, uh, at high altitude. It might be 420 minutes per K. Well, there's a lot of adaptations lost when not running at high speeds, like you would be at low altitude at your threshold pace. Um, so you'll notice actually you might have a bit of detraining in your muscles and your mechanical um, running uh, run factors than that that don't outweigh the benefit of being better at utilizing oxygen in your body. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's why that's why all these athletes, all these pro athletes, they don't you know they're not going and doing their sessions in an altitude chamber. They're sleeping in their altitude tents at night. Yes, attached to their bed. And then they're training at normal sea level or normal level, wherever they are. And if they do go away, they're going away for a long, like Mo Farah, if you watch the BBC documentary, he goes and lives at altitude mm. for months and months and months at a time. Yeah. And that is purely because it takes so long to get used to it and be able to push hard at that level. It's a, it's a chronic adaptation mm. when they go and live there rather than the acute there we go. So do not go and sign up for these fancy marketed altitude chamber classes, please. Please. Also, don't buy a training mask that is meant to like uh, mimic training at altitude because it doesn't. You still get, it's just harder to breathe. So what you get really good at is taking in short, strong, shallow breaths, which you don't want. No. You want to be taking in big volume, relaxed diaphragmatic breaths. Training masks will just make you train um, with short, sharp breaths that aren't useful for anyone. Cool. Our final, we've each got one that kind of ties in with the same for our final one. Yeah. For me, mate, let me ask you this. You're going to pay me, let me find the exact price here, $358, mm -hmm. okay? And I'm gonna put you into a start pen with 
thousands and thousands of other people and you won't be able to go to the toilet then. You're going to have to wait 20 to 30 minutes to get going, to start the line, and then you're going to run um, a marathon through a city. Um, and then you're going to finish at the end and I'll give you a medal and a coat. $358, please. And then after I've done this, are you going to tell me that it's postponed for another year? <laughs> no, but you, you will have to pay uh, for your flights over to America and you'll have to book a, a hotel or somewhere to stay in one of the most expensive cities in the world. But oh. it's, it's $358, please. It sounds like the New York Marathon. It is the New York Marathon, <laughs> yes. Nailed it. Or any other major city marathon for that fact. Any other major city marathon. And let's throw an Ironman there because we know how I feel about that. <laughs> my, my last one of, of expensive running uh, things that you don't need. And I think what we've learned over 2020 and 2021 is uh, races. True. Yeah. Um, that's all I have on that. Yeah, I completely agree. <laughs> I think 2020 has shown that people do not need whoops, people do not need races. And if you are one of those people that needs races, then you maybe need to have a chat with someone and sort out what your goals are. Maybe sort out why you're in the sport. I like it. And actually, that isn't like you need to have a chat with someone and sort your head out. It's like you need to have a chat with someone and understand mm. why. You want to do races. Someone said to why me today, yeah, why is yeah. the race so important? Yeah, they're like, device image point three, should I do it? I said, if you want. And they're like, yeah, yeah, I want to do it. And then I just put why. And I said, don't answer me right now. Think of it over the next day. And I literally want you to message me back why you want to do that race. Yeah. And it waited a day, they messaged me back, and it was all real valid points. And I just said, cool, it's on. Because they thought about it and they knew why. But I think most runners just think, oh, I'm a runner or I need to get a race. I need a race. I need, I need, to, I need to run a race to feel validated. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, actually, I found a race as well that uh, we, had, we know someone that's done this race. And this, I say it's not, it's not a race. It's not even a race. It's a set of runs. Mate, so it's a holiday. Have, it's a holiday. So you get to run in Antar uh, marathon, sorry, in Antarctica. Uh, Chile, Miami, Florida, Madrid, Marrakesh in Morocco, Dubai, along the beach track nonetheless, and mm. Sydney. Um, you can do this in seven days. So you get the World Marathon Challenge. It's seven days, seven continents. How much would you pay for that? Uh, do I have to pay for my flights? This is it's included. You get chart. You're on a chartered plane. Oh shit! They fly you between locations because you have to sleep, and your plane is used for sleeping. Uh, mate, I I honestly don't know where to start with with what to pay for that. But I guess you'd look at how much chartering a plane is to fly to all those places around the world. So yeah, they fill the plane. This was 2016, mind. So the prices are probably higher than that now. But thirty six thousand dollars. Yeah, that's pretty tough to, to uh, justify. You could do a, a tour of Butlins instead. <laughs> seven uh, seven right. Butlins locations. Yeah. One that's really cold. 
Mate, when we were, I talked about this the other day to someone, when we were in school, Northern Ireland used to have, I think, 12 or 13 McDonald's in Northern Ireland. And so a challenge was you'd get up, start of the day, and you try and drive between all the McDonald's locations and get something different in each one. Obviously then McDonald's then grew as a company and they put more and more in there, so you couldn't do it. But it was, it was a tough challenge to achieve in school. It was, you know, you didn't get your name on a wall or anything, but you were coveted by the younger year groups. Are you putting that on the level of the World Marathon Challenge race? <laughs> Are you saying, instead of doing a World Marathon Challenge, come up with your own McDonald's tour? You could run between them. Northern Ireland is a small country. There'd be no stress. Epic. Happy meal run. So yeah, so rear century we've decided. Yeah. 36,000. 36, seven marathons. I've got the last one. You're going to love this one. Anti-gravity treadmill. Yeah. So actually, it's designed, it, well, it was designed for rehabilitation post-injury or post-surgery. And it is the, it uses air pressure to create a precise and gentle lifting force. Um, I used to use one in uni called an Alter G. That's what it is. The Alter G, exactly. Yeah, they're epic. You put on these parachute, like crazy pants. They're like yeah. neoprene, but then they go out into like a parachute and then you hit go and you feel like you're going to have the world's worst wedgie and yeah. it stops just in time. And then, yeah, you start running and it, and it feels great. The woman, the, the, the woman in the promotional uh, picture looks like she's having a fantastic time. Yeah, no, you're, you're there because... You can't not. I mean, you're, you're in one of the world's most expensive treadmills. It's amazing. It, it looks, it's a weightless. smart bit of kit. But you can buy it for your home if you wish, if you feel like your rehab needs to be taken up a level for the tidy sum of $37,000. You could go around the world running marathons for that. You could go around the world running marathons for that. It's true. And have some change, actually. You'd save the money <laughs> running marathons around the world. <laughs> You'd be injured and it wouldn't help me. <laughs> you'd be injured and you wouldn't be able to rehab correctly but you would have run seven marathons in seven continents it's more cost effective to run seven marathons around the world than to buy an anti-gravity treadmill correct um the the cheap alternative to this is aqua jogging <laughs> and if you're close to the sea it's also free so you owe us like thirty-four thousand dollars. true true yeah but i mean that is it mate they they were designed for um, elite professional runners who were coming back from injury, mm. who wanted to get some sports lab data that you can't take all that into the pool. So when you were fit, you were running, you know, this pace, at, at this oxygen consumption, and now you're injured, but you're coming back, we're rehabbing you, we need to figure out what's your, what's your threshold while running injured at 45% of your body weight. You know, they're, they're real high performance tools. But the, the, the budget tool is so simple. It's, it's jump in a pool with, a, with an aqua jog belt or into the deep end. And the deeper you go, the more body weight um, it takes. The shallower you are, the more body weight you're putting into the, into the floor. You, it's actually, it's so similar. It's unreal. It's just one is, mm -hmm. is, on a, is on a treadmill and one you have to get wet. Yeah, you actually did a lot of that, didn't you, when you, uh, you're rehabbing in the summer? Uh, aqua jogging. Yes. Aqua jogging. Yeah, I was. Um, and I've done a lot with the Alter G. When I was in uni, I spent, I broke my foot twice. Mm -hmm. Maybe. One was maybe a break, one was a, a ligament. But anyway, I used to used to go in and, and jump on it and um, 
and use it then. And yeah, really, there's not much difference. Really not much difference. Like aqua jogging is just as good, in my opinion, for the level that we are at. Yeah. Brilliant. That's it. We're done. What people don't know is you've dropped off this call three times, but my incredible editing skills have made it sound <laughs> seamless. No, you're assuming it's me. It may be your dodgy internet. Your dog's probably chewing the Wi-Fi. No, 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 no. By the way, um, I had a few messages from people about renting the dog after your study announcement last week. <laughs> so it was pretty cool. And, and I took him for taking him for two runs since and been thinking, how have I been feeling? And yeah, super happy. But I've not been doing the uh, 18 minutes of petting um, quite accurately like that. Just been, uh, just been doing normal amount. So yeah, you've uh, you paused again, mate. That's four now. I was just saying about not uh, quite hitting the 18 minutes of petting a day. Experiment for this week. I want you to pet the dog for 18 minutes, two days a week, and we'll see what happens. He put his head through the fly uh, net this morning. You know, the sliding door thing that stops yeah. flies coming in? Yeah, his, his head went straight through it. So I reckon I did about 10 minutes of petting this morning, trying to figure out whether he broke his neck or not. <laughs> I know your house is also full of flies. Yeah, it's perfect. He's absolutely wrecked the netting. I said probably birds can get in now, the hole, the size of the hole. Um, so yeah, that's not made me too happy, but uh, maybe the runs are, are offsetting it. <laughs> <laughs> right, we are done. We're done. If you would like to get in touch, you can do endurance at innerfight.com. Anything about the show, if you've got guest ideas and, oh, I've, mate, we've got some guests on the way. I've been, been working on this. So stand by. Invites. We've got one next week and then we have a big one uh, in March. So stand by for that. Uh, if you have ideas, you want to be a guest, please email endurance at innerfight.com. If you want to do any form of ultra running or running for any distance, or you are a beginner and want to start to run, yes. please email rj at innerfight.com. Please. If you are a lady in Dubai, interested in a ladies run club, you can email steph, sh at innerfight.com. For anything OCR or running a sub 20 minute 5K, gc at innerfight.com. If you are a cyclist and want to get better at performing on your bike, or you want to start cycling, you can email robfostersrf at innerfight.com. If you want to get into triathlon, get better at triathlon, get better at swimming, work to an elite level, you can work with our former elite level athlete, now turned coach, Jess Towell. She is jt at innerfight.com. And if you want to just have an adventure, we have an adventure coach for you, Ivana. We're going to get her on the show soon as well. She is ik at innerfight.com. And if you've forgotten all of those and you only remember one, email me, twinnerfight.com, and I can direct you to the right place. Also for dog rental inquiries. Mate, we literally, I used to plug Run Strong and you on this show. And now it's it, your internet's paused again. I'll no, keep need, talking. I feel like we need to finish uh, off the show. It's not paused. I'm still here. Are you there? He's just making stuff up now. Right, go. Time to go. Let these people get on with their day. See you next week. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>